With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out because your membership is packed with perks. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month. Join the Judgment Free Zone today. Deal ends Thursday, August 10th. See Home Club for details. Where life is good. We created our first t-shirt back in 94 when we were fed up with the daily flood of negative news. Sound familiar? Since then, our super soft tees have been helping people make positive connections, reminding us every day that even though life isn't easy or perfect, life is good. Today, we're serving up fresh designs daily and giving 10% of annual profits to help over 1 million kids a year. Join us at lifeisgood.com and let's spread some optimism together. Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Not the best of clearances. Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Brent in for Holland! Like he's never been. Hey, welcome to another episode of the BVB Podcast. Uh, If this is your first time listening, first of all, thank you. Um, You can find us on any podcast platform. If you're listening to us on some random backdoor website or anything like that, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, all the podcast podcast places. If you search the BVB Podcast, Uh, we're also on Twitter. If you want to give us a follow at the BVB Podcast. BVB pod. This is a terrible start of the podcast because I apparently can't talk at all. My name's Jake. Joined with me is Carver. Is that how you say that too? Maybe you should just take over because I'm doing a terrible job at introing this episode. How you doing, Carver? <laughs> no, you're killing it. I am doing well, Jake. I'm doing well uh, given the circumstances. Yeah, given the what circumstances you? that you have the COVID. <laughs> I do. I do, unfortunately. And I should mention that we're in a very condensed and crowded place now. <laughs> Carver and I are in a three by three studio. Yeah. And in together. No, we're we're virtual um again. We I did text him and I said, Hey, you want to meet up at the studio? Because we we have the uh the benefit of of working out of a, a nice fancy studio when we can. Uh we took the last couple of weeks to go virtual just just out of ease and uh, the comfort of working from home. And then today I was like, You want to go back to the studio? And he's like, Ah, nope, I can't. <laughs> So yeah, so I apologize if I have to do any sniffles breaks throughout the episode, but let's I'll try to minimize those as much as I can. So we are just coming off um, our game against Hoffenheim on the weekend. Um, so we're gonna recap that game. We'll we'll go all through that. Um, a lot of injuries seem to happen over that game. So hopefully nothing too crazy or nothing too serious. We'll we'll talk about injuries. Uh, we're gonna look ahead to Leverkusen. Um, who will be coming up in a couple weeks. I, I believe that game's February 6th because we have an international break ahead of us. Um, we haven't really figured out what we're going to do. In the meantime, maybe we'll take a week off or maybe we'll just watch USMNT. Um, if you haven't figured it out, we're both Americans, so we're USMNT fans. So we're gonna, definitely going to watch those games. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit next week. We'll see. Um, and yeah, a couple other things that we'll uh, catch up on on the podcast. But I don't know why this game feels like Saturday was so long ago and we were both sitting here before we started recording and trying to refresh and be like what happened actually because uh although I, I was taking a lot of notes i don't like it's hard to remember anything it feels like it was so long ago yeah it also wasn't 
the most um, beautiful game that we've ever played either. So it was just hard to recapture those kind of moments in my head. So, yeah. So uh, we we did see a couple changes in the lineup. Um, we saw Wolf come on, come in as as right back for Munier. Akanji came in for Chan. I don't. Oh, I guess Chan was injured. He was out due to that injury. But also Akanji is like who would expect to see uh, center back. Besides that, it was the, the same lineup as we saw against St. Pauli. I think. Well. No, St. Pauli was changed up a bit, but the previous week. It's been so long. I don't remember anything. But yeah. anyways, Akanji, Hummels, center backs, Guerrero, uh, left back. Then we, across the middle, we saw Brandt, Dahoud, and Bellingham. Uh, oh, Dahoud came back. Thank God. It's a big talking point yeah. last week. Uh, we, we saw Dahoud You love back. to see it. And then Royce, Holland, and Malin up top. And yeah, you, you, like you said, it was uh, not the most beautiful or almost enjoyable definitely wasn't an enjoyable game to watch because i was like stressed out so much but at the end of it i was like oh you know i mean a tough hard earned three points on the road which is like you can't ask for any more obviously we'd like to easy like have a nice easy cruise in every game but uh we got the three points on the road so pretty good what was your uh you have any overall thoughts seeing the lineup and like leading into the game uh, what were you thinking going into it yeah like you mentioned before Overall, not our best performance, a lot to improve on, but there are some things to build off of. Obviously, the biggest thing is another crucial win in the title race, and we're away as well. So we'll take those three points, and we will run with them. And this is the point of the season where you cannot slip up once, especially whenever you're six points behind Bayern. You're going to have to play close to perfect for the rest of the season. So despite a lot of a lack of a few different things throughout the match, again, just happy to walk away with the three points. And um, as for the lineup, yeah, I mean, pr- pretty much the same like we've seen uh, over the past week or so before that. Just a matter of uh, Wolf coming in as right back, which we've seen him play a, a bunch of different positions over this course of this season, anywhere from right back, right winger, center mid, and even kind of it, uh, more of an attacker at times. So obviously you're going to have your positives and negatives when he's slipping back into more of a deeper role. He's going to take on a lot more of a defensive responsibility, but didn't think he played that bad, but yeah. What are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I was, I mean, obviously happy to see Dahoud back, which we t- touched on a little bit. Seeing Wolf um, at right back, I was, I wasn't hesitant, but I was just like, I, I think I was kind of expecting, I was like, well, hopefully we'll see. I want to see a lot more, um, I guess coming from Guerrero. Um, I feel like there's been a little, I think he's still just trying to come back after his injuries and being out so long. So I wanted to see a lot more, see if we could be really creative down that left-hand side because um, I mean, we, we've talked about Mounier nonstop pretty much since we've been doing this podcast. He was our our underrated player at the uh, like halfway point of the season. And I just feel like we've seen so so much from him in, in a lot down that right-hand side. So with him out, I'm like, well, hopefully we can see a lot down that left-hand side because we we need to keep it going. And you definitely saw... A, a lack of a lack of attack, I think, and pressure uh, down that right hand side with with Wolf. Um, just a little less experience in, in that way. But um, yeah, watching the game. Um, spoiler alert: If you didn't know, we won three to two. Mm-hmm. Pulled out. We scored an early goal. We had a couple um, goals in the second half. Um, they tied right before halftime, and then scored one in the seventy seventh, uh, which will will break those like details down about the score uh, goals a little bit later. But Watching the game, we, we talked a couple weeks ago. The game we against Freiburg was at Freiburg. We won five one, and how we just looked so crisp and clean. We like controlled the midfield. We were 
Um, so we were putting so much pressure on when we lost the ball to get it back. And um, that game looked looked so beautiful, so great. And this was like a little more of a struggle. It's like you didn't see that, um, not a lot of precision or like it wasn't really clean. And um, we just didn't see the crisp, like one, two passes that we saw in that Freiburg game. Um, and it was just a little bit like a little bit of a struggle, a little, a little struggle getting through. And we, I don't feel like we were creating too much. Of course, we saw the goal in the fifth minute, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. It, it was a struggle. Like the whole game watching it, it just felt like a struggle. Yeah. So, I mean, as the game started out, we had a brilliant team goal in the, I think it was the sixth minute. Got it, probably several players involved, which is always great to see and talked or, uh, Got a few of those one and two touch passes, like you were mentioned before. Those nice and sexy flicks, um, great team goal, and at the end of it, you have Holland here for the finish. So, can't ask much more for that. But problem with those is just we're a team that's known for like as we get those early goals, those nice goals in the first anywhere from first few minutes to first twenty minutes, then we take our foot off the gas and kind of invite pressure on, and that's yeah, like you mentioned, that's where we tend to struggle a lot. So the rest of that first half was it was kind of uh, tough to watch at times. We were, we were really lacking a lot of initiative on the ball. Um, we looked really passive during a large portion of the uh, first half. I know Hoffenheim completely outpossessed us and dominated us uh, with possession. And I think they completed over 200 passes in our half. And while we only created half of that in their half. So yeah, that first half was a little tough to watch. Yeah, um, like we said, we scored early, and that goal was beautiful. Like it was the complete opposite of what I was mentioning. It's like we couldn't get that nice, clean one-two passing, but when we did, it looked fantastic, and that's what got us a goal early on. Um, and I'm gonna go back to the Freiburg game. Like that's just gonna set the standard, I think, for the rest of the season. Like every game I watch now, I'm gonna look back to that Freiburg game, and, and as it should, compare. you know, yeah, that's 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 the level we should be at uh, playing at every week. We're yeah, close so, to it. So like in the Freiburg game, we 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 were creating a lot. And we, like when we went up in that Freiburg game, what we saw is like, we didn't take our foot off. We, we kept going. Yeah. We kept going. And so scoring in the fifth, it's like, okay, let's do that again. Again, comparing to the Freiburg games, like, can we do that? And that's where we fell off. And immediately we're um, like, the pressure was on. And I mean, credit, credit to Hoffenheim. Cause they're a good team. Uh, they played well. They came at us. They're at home. So they, they're not going to let up like they're It should be a tough game. And all, all the credit to them for making it a tough game. But yeah, it's just something, the mentality of this team that still needs to improve and get better is to keep keep going. You, you go up, great. Do it again. Like, get another goal. Like, finish the game early. Like, Yeah, you got to have that killer instinct. For yeah. Sure. And, um, um, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to tackle on a little bit what you said. But yeah, credit to where credit's due and a lot of different aspects of Hoffenheim's game on uh, Saturday. You know, they they defended pretty i know they uh, at times they slipped up but they defended pretty decent they were very dangerous and versatile in their attack you know they had a handful of really dangerous moments in open play and set pieces i think they hit the woodwork twice from headers so there were moments where i was like you know like uh with uh with Ruter especially i know he came on only a few minutes into the game for Hoffenheim but for those 85 plus minutes that he played he looked like a starter for him we we did see american chris richards uh, it was like the 22nd minute. He had a header that was off the, I think it was off the crossbar um, with a, a great chance. So uh, thank you, Chris Richards, for putting the pressure on. Um, but so halftime stats, like overall halftime, like 
first half, besides that goal, we're pretty terrible. We did control possession barely. We had 52% possession, but we had one shot in the first half and eight from Hoffenheim. And I guess they only had one on goal, but they hit the crossbar three times. So Yeah, and each of those times I was I was clinching, man. I, I, Chris Richards can be dangerous in the air. So, and they got a handful of players that are dangerous in the air, but um, I was, I was, it's funny as the, or as Bebu rep, uh, ripped in his cross in the 45th minute, I was literally running down on my phone, like overall defended on the defensive side, kind of decent going into this second half. And like the second I was finishing up that note, that's when Kramerich poached in his, uh, his volley with a one touch. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, to touch on the defense, that was something I thought too, like we, Overall, I thought we looked pretty solid defensively compared. I I, uh, I can't think of specific moments, but I kind of felt secure uh, when they were attacking. Um, like, you know, we were like holding our own. And it was like, oh, we're, we're stopping the ball a lot. Like, it, like, this actually feels good. I'm not like fearing for my life that a goal is going to go in. Despite the multiple chances, it still seemed pretty solid uh, until eventually yeah. they did get one in. But I was going to say, but also, there was also those two moments that they should have scored uh, had it not been for Akenji's remarkable blocks both times. Yeah. Oh, there should yeah. have been, there should have been uh, easy tap-ins. But, yeah, thankfully he was there to save us for both of those. But other than that, given the circumstances that we didn't, again, uh, have really a, you know, a full, healthy back four, um, didn't look too bad. I think I think we looked better in the first half than like the first 10 to 15 minutes going into the second half. That's whenever we started making or seeing some substitutions coming in because we were looking really shaky. I thought we were going to, you know, go back or go into halftime and Rosa was going to give him an earful because we gave up a goal. So with so little time left in the first half and we could come back out and hopefully knock one back and go right back into the lead and kind of, um, try to lock down the wind from there. But yeah, those first 10 to 15 minutes going into the second half, I was getting a little concerned. I'll say it definitely wasn't great, but it was like better. And I wasn't <laughs> as scared the whole time. I felt a little more secure, but uh, yeah, Akanji did great. And that, uh, that breakaway in the 40th minute where they crossed across and if crossed it across, I'm doing so good at talking today on this podcast. <laughs> um, but he like that sliding, he slid in to clear it, which almost, I mean, from the angle, of the TV, like it looked like, oh no, like that might be going in. But when you see like the other angle where it's rotated, like perfect touch from him to just edge it out, like outside of the goal. Like, yeah. Akenji is literally the perfect complementary pairing for Matt Hummels because for everything that Matt Hummels lacks, pace, uh, a lot of concentration at times when he mentally checks out, uh, Akenji can be right there to save our ass plenty of times, like you've seen those first few times in the first half of this game. And okay, so going on to the second half, I mean, we talked first half stats, 52% possession, only one shot uh, in the first half from us, 49% challenges won, 88% passes complete, and uh, we had a little less distance covered also, which I think you can look at distance covers in two different, a couple different ways, so I don't, or I don't look into that one as much, but I mean, going to the second half, yeah, hopefully we can come out stronger and like attacking, um, and then Hoffenheim had a chance like, right off the bat where uh, they also hit it off the bar again, immediately like to start, I think mm-hmm. it might've been like the 48th minute or something, but it was pretty quick in the second half. And it was a terrible giveaway by Wolf kicking it back. And then right, right to the feet of a Hoffenheim guy who broke away and luckily hit the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Again, those first 10 to 15 minutes were rough, which thankfully Rosa was a little bit, it looked a little bit more alert on the sidelines. Cause 
I know we talked about a few, or I guess last week uh, for the St. Pauli game, his substitutions were very late and very questionable. Um, these looked a little bit, a lot more, to, you know, to stabilize the team. We have Zagadu coming in in the 56. I think that was going to bring a lot more defensive stability. Uh, so that made me feel a little bit more at ease. But also, just throughout the whole match, uh, Malin was in the mood, man. He yeah. was, thankfully, he was, I, I haven't seen him be so creative before. I know he's got the pace, the tenacity, the strength, too, for sure. Um, but, you know, you don't really see him do more than just a handful of moves that I mentioned last week or one or two plays are his go-to. But today he looked like a whole different uh, dynamic to his game. He was a lot more creative and he had a, looked like he had a lot more vision, which was able to set up all three goals. So Okay, talking about the goals, if our third goal, which, well, I couldn't tell if it was an own goal or if Hazard put it in, but was it official you put down it was an official an own goal? Uh, yeah, does that still count as an assist? From you know, not it's funny because I was looking into this too because Dortmund on like a handful of their um platforms were like mentioning that he got three assists, and yeah. I was like, Don't get me wrong, you love to see it, and I would love to see him get three assists. But it looked like on like my apps and the Bundesliga sites that he only got two of those assists, and it okay. was the own goal for the third own one. Yeah. But nonetheless, great for him, you know, it's that's his first few assists of the season. Um, so you did mention the uh the substitutions, uh, 56 minute we saw. Brandt come on for Wolf and Hazard come on for Zagadou, which completely changed the, the formation too. It looked like we switched to a back three uh, with Hazard playing as like a right wing back. Um, yeah. And I I felt we, we looked a lot more solid defensively overall. Like our structure was there and you know, we're obviously trying to like win and, and hang on hang on to the game and, and get the win. But it, it felt so solid until like the 77th minute when they scored. But I think I was typing in my notes. It's like, oh, we're looking pretty solid. Like our subs are making a big difference. And then like a goal goes in. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, you, were your thoughts on like changing the formation? Cause that's something we mentioned before too, um, was like, maybe we, we, I want to see a back three with Zagadu in there joining, uh, a Kanji and Hummel. So do you have any thoughts on that? Like formation change? Yeah, it, we definitely looked a little bit more solid after those first few substitutions of hazard and Zagadu coming in the 56 until, probably about the 77th, whenever they scored that goal. And that's whenever the panic settles in and uh, we're a team that can be a little bit more shambolic at the back in those instances. So those last 10 or 12 minutes of the game was pretty abysmal game management. We were given the way or the ball away needlessly. And I don't know what half the passes we were that we're trying to make. And we didn't really close down that well either. All right, their second goal there were five players that were surrounding uh, Dabor whenever he did that little over-the-top dink pass to uh, to Rutter. I mean, there were five of our players that should have been swarming around pressing him. As you know, we mentioned uh, a handful of times already for the last few games, these last few weeks, that we need to either fall back into a much more conservative shape a lot faster and be a lot more structured, or we need to develop more of an organized and fast press because whenever you just give him that space again with five players around you that shouldn't happen and that's just going to be easier to dink over the top and slide into the goal yeah we okay maybe maybe we would have a little conversation about this because i was talking about like yeah our defense looked good but still like those lapses like that we're still having these even if maybe we, I don't even want to say overall we looked good. Like I felt more secure, but then we still had these just mistakes and, and like mental lapses that just 
horrendous, like just awful. Is there, I almost feel like why is this something like Rose is not working on? Like where, where is this coming from? Like, cause I don't feel like any change is happening cause it, it's just like week by week by week. Even yeah. when we, we think we have our preferred center backs in there, it's like, wh what is going on? Like, why isn't this getting corrected? Cause yeah, in that moment, that, that goal, five, five guys standing around him who sh shouldn't be able to get the ball out. You also shouldn't need five guys attacking one guy and then yeah. pass it to the, to the one open guy. No one on Hoffenheim at least. Oh man. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Individual errors have, have been a major problem for our squad for the last several years, regardless of the manager. So anyone online saying like it's because of Rosa's is just simply incorrect. This is set pieces and individual errors have been our, arguably our uh, worst enemies for season after season now. So but how we minimize that? Be able to I fix mean, that in training. Like it, I feel like a manager it, needs to come in like this. These are the issues. Let's work on this. Cause I almost see, it almost feels like, Oh, let's work on our, attacking patterns and everything but it's almost like the op like with this team it's like you don't need mm -hmm. to because our attacking power is great so focus on the defense because that seems like we're we've always been struggling like, I, yeah. I just i don't want to accept that like oh that's always how we've been and yeah 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 no i, I understand that for sure i know people have suggested now for a while that we should hire more set piece coaches and set piece specialists because that's where we concede a lot of our goals but yeah it also just comes down to being more organized uh during open play in our defense as well. And could you imagine if we didn't have Hummels week in and week out? Because with him, you know, being the legend he is, being the veteran that he is, and having the football IQ that he has, we still have countless errors at the back. And um, we give away needless goals pretty much every week. So, um, yeah. So we did, we kind of just bashed. We ended up being like a bash session almost like got real negative, but there are some positives about the game. I do want to go like, go through the goals individually. Um, cause there was a lot of positive in the goals. The goals that we created look great. Um, so it's starting off Holland scores in the six minute from a great, like overall team, like team goal. Um, which I, I typed it all down. Cause it was like, there's so many passes so many one twos is what we talked about before. What we saw a lot in Freiburg is like the quick one two passes. It was uh, so it was great, great build up like from Brandt who passed to Mullen out mm -hmm. to Rafa, and these were all like one two. So so yeah, yeah, quick yeah. And so fast. So one twos to Mullen to Rafa back to Mullen out to Jude back to Rafa who crossed it into Holland. Just like what you love to see. It's what we need to. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I know you mentioned uh, or you were talking about Guerrero earlier, and that's exactly what he brings to our attack. It's just a matter of him building a little bit more consistency and confidence in his game because he's been out for so long. But yeah, those are literally the goals that you want to see from Dortmund. You know, those are those, those sexy one, two flicks and uh, people linking up incredibly well in their final third and attacking in numbers. And then obviously just having Holland at the end of those, you love to see it. Yeah. And then, um, I want to jump into these goals specifically because we were talking about, we were just talking about this goal, their goal right at uh, half where um, although we, we can have this beautiful attacking mindset and we can create these beautiful opportunities. And then on the other end, we completely collapsed, which um, we did mention. So we, we don't have to get into that one again. Their, their goal right at halftime where it was like three guys swarming one dude who dinks it out. Uh, did he kick it out to uh, Babu and then who crossed it in? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was completely open too. So, I mean, part of the thing was like, we had five guys out there, but 
who I don't remember who the defender was like it, in the box with him. Wolf, who was like yeah. three Which, yards off him or something. Like, oh yeah, he was probably more than that even. And you know, I I, I know I don't want to try to um, come down on him too hard because he's not a right back. But yeah. that is, you just have to when you're put in that position for the, that kind of a game, you just have to you know set your standards in your head of. I have to mark correctly this entire game and I cannot mentally check out and I have to stay focused because the second you don't or the second you do slip up, someone's going to be right behind you for a tap in like that one from Cremeridge. Yeah. And uh, so moving on the second half, uh, we did go up. So, I mean, halftime tied one to one. I'm way more nervous than I wanted to be. Um, yeah, say, and, and obviously, whenever you give Hoffenheim that goal going into the second half, that completely shifts the momentum back into their hands. Oh, so yeah. they're going to come out. I mean, they were already playing blazing. well too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were already like on it and like playing better than us overall. And then they get that. So of course they're going to be hyped and come out strong in the second half, which we saw. Luckily, um, we held on until the 58th minute and we got our goal. Another great team goal. Um, I think it was coming right through the middle. Um, yep. It so was a through it was, ball from Hummels. Yep. Nice one twos with Malin and Holland into Royce who put it away. Uh, you want to talk about Royce for a second? Oh, absolutely. I do. I don't know. It just, it just, maybe it's just me microscoping people online and like finding only the negatives, but I've just been seeing people that are kind of criticizing him a little heavy or a little harshly for this uh, season so far, yet he's continued to produce numbers uh, and prove pretty much everyone wrong. You know, I'm not sure why people are on his case so much. Given he's lost his pace in the last year or two, that's fine. It's going to happen with age. But he still has a lot of plenty great of uh, aspects to add to our team. His work rate is still there as a 32-year-old. How many times is this season alone has he ran back and played defensive mid or center back even to clear the ball and save our ass from even more needless goals? Um He's had more tackles succeeded since the 18-19 season, and we're only halfway through this season. And before that, I think it's been like another five years on top of that. So really, at the end of the season, he could have more tackles succeeded than like the last almost seven or eight years. So again, the man is not only, I mean, doing pretty decent when it comes to goals and assists for a 32-year-old to keep producing at this level, but also... He's putting in a lot more of these defensive shifts too to save our ass, and that's what you want from a captain, don't you? Yeah, and we talked about it in our, I think it was our like our winter break episode, and we went through stats, um, overall team stats, and specific player stats, and that's I mean that's what you see from um, from Royce is like his just determination and like how much he works because he was like was number three in the Bundesliga for I think it was intensive runs or distance covered. I don't remember exact which stat but he was up there and it's like it's what you love to see from your captain and it's just i think i even like kind of put out like a call out it's like why are you you're letting the old guy like outrun you and like <laughs> run more than you yeah. but he's like one of the, the best in the league so yeah there we talked about it last week too someone had mentioned there was a tweet it's like oh why are you leaving royce on maybe the st Pauli game royce yeah, yeah. on That's the pitch was, who's yeah. doing nothing and i'm like no like if anyone's going to create something and bring us in, like that's who I want to do it. I like, I want Royce not no offense to Makoko, but I would rather have Royce, our captain and our leader to be out there than a 17 year old who doesn't have a lot of experience. At at least depending on games like this, whenever 
it's vital to our season and you need veterans in there to lead by example and be vocal on the field. And a 17-year-old, I know Jude Bellingham is quite the leader in that sense, but that's a very, that's uh, it's a rarity in people that age. So you want someone like Royce on the field. Absolutely. I mean, when he's putting in those kind of numbers for pressing and defensive uh, numbers as well for being an attacking midfielder, it's going to be, it's a great asset to have whenever a team is lacking in uh, defensive numbers. So, yeah. And okay. So moving on to our, our th- third goal, it was nice to get goals in quick su- succession. <laughs> oh my God. This episode is either going to be, I'm going to just talk terribly, or you're no one's going to notice, and maybe I'll edit everything out. I'm just going to edit all my. It'll be a five minute episode. (laughs) Yeah, it it would be if I edited all all my crap out of there. But uh, it it was good to see with like how much we were struggling and just like kind of grinding through this game. It was great to get the like two quick goals, 58th minute, um, and then the 66th, which um, you touched on Malin earlier. I mean. Two, maybe three assists, depending on how you Basically want to look at it. Three but he, assists, three he was, in our heart. <laughs> he was so creative in this game, and uh, uh, I like to see him down that left side because I, I I like him working that side and cutting in. Like that's where he's great, and that's what we saw great work rate from him for which uh, got the the third goal in the sixty sixth minute where he flying down the wing, or I think he like won the ball, took it all the way down the box. It was a little different because we didn't see all the one two passes, um, but it was still such a great goal. Cross it into. Maybe Hazard put it in. Maybe it was an own goal. It's hard to he, say, but he put it in the right position to to get the goal. Yeah, it looked like um, it looked like Guerrero uh, got the ball initially and then gave it to Mullen. But like the second that Mullen got the ball, he was already turning his yeah, body and heading was, yeah. towards Hoffenheim's goal. Which yeah, yeah. again, it's showing the initiative to actually go and attack and to progress the ball. So and he's got the, already like I mentioned, he's got the tenacity and the pace to go forward. So now that he's got the IQ to actually know what he's doing and distribute the ball accordingly. That's going to open up a lot of gaps in the Hoffenheim's defense. Yeah. Um, so jumping back, I'm going to jump back briefly to like the subs and the subs we made switching back to that, that uh, three in the back. We saw our subs in, we subbed out at 56 when we brought on hazard and Brantz and we scored in the 58th. And then like eight minutes later, we scored again. Um, and this is where I felt like overall, so, like it, felt very solid and it like our subs did a lot like they they helped us out um hazard on that third goal you can't say that like or i don't have at least specific memory of them really like creating those goals initially but it just gave us like this solidity that i felt that uh really really helped kick in like for the second half like exactly when we needed it It great timing by those subs i think and then of course as i was typing that in my notes that's when we gave away the goal in the 77th uh (laughs) Which was a really bad, um, really bad marking, really bad defense, defensive lapse um, for their second goal. Terrible marking by Zagadu, and like it looked like the defense. Don't you defense. say anything about bad about Zagadu? Well, okay, goal, absolutely edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Uh, I mean. You want to go back and look at the replay? Did you look at the replay? Yeah. <laughs> what if it's all deleted off the internet? You're like, I mean, how did you do this? It wasn't just him. Like the whole. All the whole defense was just standing around. No, yeah, it was it was um, literally but, five of our players, like I already mentioned. But yeah, defensive laps, and that's going to set uh, our team into panic mode for the last ten minutes. Which I already touched on the game management, but it was good game management when we made the subs, and then and then it just like backfired a little bit. 
were you, how are you feeling when that second goal went in? I was a little worried. I can't say, or I'd be interested to talk to any Dortmund fan that wasn't worried going into those last few yeah. minutes. Um, well, how'd you feel about after our third goal went in before they scored? <laughs> I felt great. <laughs> just Dortmund. That's just Dortmund. Yeah. Feel great. Yeah. I mean, I feel terrified. Like every other game, it's a roller coaster of emotions. So I, I felt like there probably was going to be one more goal in it uh, whenever we scored our third, whether it was going to be a fourth from us or a second from them. Who knows? But, you know, just gotta, you just got to focus on your own game and uh, defend well. Yeah. So um, even though there was a lot of negativity in that, um, overall, I think you, you got to be positive looking at this game because went on the road. Yep. Hard fought. We stuck stuck it out. We held on. And we got the three points. And you can't ask for any more, especially on the road. Um, uh, you, another like other positives, like the goals we scored were they were great team goals. Nothing was like um, a mis- It wasn't like big mistakes on their end. Like we create a lot. They were from open play. Like they were from us performing really well. So you love to see that, and like that's what we need to keep winning. That's if we. That's that's how we want to play. That's what we saw against Freiburg. That's what we want to do. Uh, to just keep winning. So yeah, that overall positive, even if it was stressful to watch, I feel like it was a positive game overall. Um, despite the injuries. Yeah. <laughs> we had a handful of those. Do you want to, you want to get into, yeah, injuries a little bit? Cause I mean, next up we have uh, Leverkusen on February 6th. Um, who, how many people got injured in this game? Cause we saw, we saw Holland go out with a, Muscle injury. Twice. It he went like out, he might have he went out uh, twice. He went down in the yeah. 14th minute after scoring, and then he f- eventually subbed off. Um, Akanji went out. Was he? Did he get injured yes. too? Yes. Well, I think he. I think he walked himself off. But yeah, Holland was originally grabbing his knee, and then whenever he came off, he was grabbing a little higher, kind of like on the groin area, even though. Uh, there are reports that have came out today and yesterday saying some people were saying they think it's the hamstring, which I don't believe that just because some other sources saying otherwise. And also again, he wasn't looking like he was grabbing his hamstring at the times. Yeah. I have the, I have the, uh, like the update from the club that came out in the last 24 ish hours by the time we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Um, but it said Holland was examined in detail on Sunday and Monday. According to the medical report, the Norwegian is uh, suffering from muscular problems, which will require treatment and further examination in the coming days. Um, and I also saw a report that he'll be back by Leverkusen, which is the benefit of this international break that we're yeah, in. It's like, yeah. okay, we have some time to recover, and it's it's a unique international break, and it, it seems like it's more the Americas. Like, none of the European teams are playing, I don't think. I try to look and find anything and i don't think they are i don't think we have any players really going out because it's basically it's Concacaf world cup qualifying and then i think south america is is doing some qualifying too but besides that i don't i don't think we have any guys going and i saw i know there's some training happening too um i did have a uh an update about the training i can i can't i don't know where that went right now but we're still training we have guys it's like we have some time to rest and recover the guys who we need to, which is good. Looking forward because uh, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't have uh, asked for a better time to at least get some minor injuries than right now to have a solid almost two weeks to 
yeah, just like you said, recover the squad and everything. But um, if I may go on like a, a very, very short unhinged rant, but when we first signed Holland, I, I heard some people on the internet say we should look into a really solid running coach strictly for Holland because I mean, obviously he has a very unique running style, but he's also at times, it looks like kind of extending his legs a little too much in other aspects of his game, which leads to these kinds of injuries. And whenever he gets these knocks, whether it's, you know, a week, two week things up and upwards of uh, a few months, you know, that's going to pile up real quick. And when you have a player like Holland that, you know, his game relies heavily on his pace and his power, yes, you know, putting aside his positioning and uh, finishing abilities, you know, those are going to be the first to go whenever you consistently get those kinds of injuries. So I thought that was a really interesting take uh, two years now uh, going back, but something we could still definitely look into going into the near future if Holland decides to stay is hiring either a running coach or just a small physio team strictly for his development with his running, because that's going to not only limit injuries, hopefully, but also enhance his game with his running and make him even faster. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting to hear too. And that's a good, it's a good shout. Okay. I, I'm going to go in a little, I won't go get into too, too much details because I can talk way too long about this, but I'm really into Australian rules football. Carver, you know that because I've, I've, tried to recruit you yeah. to come play with me. Yeah. But the the team that I like support and watch in Australia, um, they're they're like key forward forward player who it's a big guy. Like because he want you want this big guy down in down by the goals, catching the balls, then be able to kick on goal. But he's a huge dude. And that's actually something they worked on with him. It's like they in the offseason and like preseason and everything, they really worked on his running technique and form. Cause they're like I think it has to do with like like body type and height. Um, and if you have to do like in, in Australian football too, it's like you run a ton, like, cause the field is like 180 meters essentially. Like it's huge. Um, yeah. And so you have to do all this running and it's like high, it's a heavy endurance and high speed running. And if your form is, you need good form. If you, if you want to last, if you want to have that endurance. So like, and it worked and he went on to last season, although my team didn't do that great. Uh, he was the highest, uh, he topped the, the, he basically won the golden boot. Uh, he scored the most goals that season. And a big part is like, I mean, they, they worked a lot with, uh, his overall like technique and, uh, running form and just to get where he needs to be and without getting injured. Cause he's also a big dude too. So I think that's a good shout and definitely something that would work and benefit Holland. Yeah. Simply just even though it's not simple, but simply just focusing on your stride mm-hmm. can really help your game in, you know, a number of different sports, but definitely for the players that rely on their pace, you know, that's, that's going to help them improve and also hopefully minimize injuries. So, yeah. So the update I saw about training, um, which also answers my question about, I was going to ask about Bellingham because it, I think right around like 86 minute, he was like limping on the field. And I was like, Oh no, and this is also after we already saw, Akanji go out and uh we saw Holland come out and then I see Bellingham limping and I'm like no what did you do please be okay and luckily he's an 18 year old kid so he is okay um but the post I saw about training was like there will be del- uh during this international break 
There's going to be daily training until Sunday. A test match is not planned. And missing from training today were Erling Holland, uh, Chan, Murray, Akanji, Munier, and Dehoud. Says Akanji and Munier are suffering from muscular problems. Um, doesn't concern me too much that so many guys are out because I'm just like, hopefully they're just letting them rest and nothing is too serious. Give them a couple days and let them get back into it because we kind of have the time. So um, that's as far as training. It seems like, yeah, this international break is a, a benefit. So it's just to have a nice break and rest for the team. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of names on that list, unfortunately, but I th- I don't yeah. think there was anything ever major that was listed in the last few weeks whenever those players did p- uh, pick up those knocks. So I feel like by first, second week of February, those players that you mentioned should be back. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah, like you said, it's a big list, but I'm more optimistic and like hopefully we have the time. Hopefully most of them are just resting and we'll be good moving forward because you'd rather have that. You'd rather have them skip a, a like a light training session than have to rest for a game. Yeah. So like I'll I'll take that. Um, and then looking ahead at, at Leverkusen, who will be coming back after the international break and we'll be playing them on the sixth. But um, last couple of games, they beat Gladbeck. And they beat Augsburg. Yeah, they're never an easy match. I mean, just even going back a few months for this season. Uh, thankfully, we're at home this time. But, you know, quick side note, I, I like Dortmund. Man, for as much talent that other teams are always sucking out of Leverkusen, they're consistently producing more talent right around the corner that can take those players' spots. I mean, it, it's It's insane. Players like uh, like Havertz that just left over the summer, they already have another attacking mid inverts that his stock is through the roof. Uh, you, they picked up a striker like Patrick Schick, obviously, who's been scoring like crazy since the Euros, and he's deadly and scored one against us last time. I don't know if it was one or two against us uh, in the fall. And uh, uh, plenty of other decent young players that they've got coming to the ranks as well. So they're a team that, you can't ever underestimate. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be coming back, playing them on the sixth. On that note, that kind of leads into this other point I want to talk about if we had time. And I think we got some time. So I want to uh, touch on it just about players coming through and developing players and I guess overall recruitment for the club. Um, and I saw this interesting. We, we touched on it a bit last week. I was talking about do we need to bring in more experienced players and or... I guess, how, how do we need to improve? Um, and so I want to dive in a little more because this comment came out from Michael Zork, um, who's a sporting director um, for Dortmund, after the St. Pauli game, where he said, St. Pauli did not surprise us. Everything that happened on the pitch, the coach addressed very clearly in advance. Obviously, many players didn't listen closely enough. The team keeps making old mistakes. That was an embarrassing performance. So... Aside from just calling out like the players uh, as a sporting director for that that specific game, part of me is like, okay, as a, I want to look at the overall picture, and I'm like, you as a sporting director who's like maybe bringing these players in and recruiting and like looking at the overall yeah. picture and the scope for Dortmund, this seems a bit problematic to me because I'm like, if you want to call out the players, or like if you want to just throw the blame on the players, like can we just throw the blame back on you? Like, are you recruiting the right players? Are we trying to develop the right players? Um, this is gonna maybe I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant here, and um, I mentioned it before. If this is your first time listening, I haven't been a Dortmund supporter 
for that long. Like I'm kind of new to this thing, which is why I want to do this podcast. Um, because people are coming in and becoming fans, especially in America at different times. And I want this to be a, a, a place where you can feel connected and feel part of like a supporters group and like just find some common people who also like Dortmund with you. Cause it can be hard and we need each other. So, um, me as someone who hasn't been around as long as Carver, who hasn't been a supporter as long as Carver, is my question is, do we need to change up the recruitment style? Do we need to, I guess, just change up the overall plan for the club? Um, although, I mean, Dortmund is very much like, let's we want to get these young guys in. We want to develop, develop them and then send them off. And they've done it a lot. And that's something I admire. That's, a reason why I, I like Dortmund. I like, I like that style, but almost I feel like, do we need to balance it out a little more? Um, and try to, I don't know, just balance it out a little more experience, which we do have the experience. We have Royce, we have Hummels, but it almost seems like we, we need to, we're in the transfer window. We were talking about how we're not going to do business. Like, do we need to start spending more money and not like money on guys who can come in, and are experienced and can help improve the team immediately instead of just trying to keep developing guys. I think development shouldn't be the overall, like this is what we do only. And if we are developing these guys and selling them on for more money, why do I keep seeing reports about like, oh, we don't have money to spend. We don't have money to bring any anybody in right now. Like we, we can't spend $6 million on Zachariah. Like wh- why not? Aren't we making a ton of money by selling all these players? You can... Explain it and please help me out here. But that's just, you know what I mean? That's a lot to unpack. I know, (laughs) but I want to, me and other new Dortmund supporters also might be feeling that. So, so I I would say, I would like to argue that I don't think we're much of a team that likes to sell as people think we are. Um, Can we be a stepping stone club? Yes. Yes. I'll admit that. But I don't think we're a team that necessarily likes to sell um, young players at a high price. Are there some that we like to get rid of at a high price? Absolutely. There are players like Ausmane Dembele, that absolute snake. But, um, you know, he was a player that no one really wanted him here after the first year, given all of his problematic uh, uh, issues off the field. So it's a matter of cashing in on him. But most players, I think, you know, if they have a good relationship with the club, we do want to keep them around. Um, but going all the way back to Mikhail Zork, um, yeah, I think, I think definitely there can be some fingers pointed at him as well, because like you are the sporting director and you are one of the players and, or one of the people in charge that is in, in develop or, uh, that one of the leaders of recruitment. And if you are wanting certain players that are trying to minimize, minimize individual errors and clean up with set pieces, that's kind of a part of a major part of your job. So yeah, it's a tough one for sure. But at the same time, he's also a little bit older, and it seems at times he's like he looks like he's aging right in front of our eyes on the side of the field, uh, especially in games whenever we're giving away points for no reason. Um, so I think it's just a matter of you know going forward if if he wants to continue um, going with that model of you, you know being for uh, a lot more of the development rather than trying to fix other issues. Or whenever Sebastian Kale comes in, he's going to be taking his place here, I think, in the next year, if not two at the most. 
uh, he might have a whole new plan in mind for uh, going into the future and, you know, seeing what kind of squad he wants to build. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cool. 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 No, I, I appreciate, I mean, appreciate the insight. Um, I think part of it too, is like looking at like the recent, the, the transfer window now, and I've already accepted, like, I'm not trying to be like, let's bring all these guys in. Like, I mean, the club made it very clear that we're not going to do a lot of business in January. Um, but it, it almost seems like, like with Zachary, Zachary, who we've been linked with a lot, like there are reports that he might go to Man U for six million. It's like if it's only six million, <laughs> spend the money. Let's start a GoFundMe. Let's yeah. get some money. Like, <laughs> like get. I, don't let him go. Like, let's. Well, I know since his contract ends in the summer, I think we were trying to get him on a free. And yeah. United were like, well, we could just give Gladback money now in January and try to. Uh, so they could, you know, have their problems fixed while also giving Gladbeck some money because they wouldn't get any in the summer. Um, but yeah, th- I don't know how much we have to spend for our uh, for our wages right now, and uh, just, I don't really have that kind of information for the uh, the board at the moment. Yeah, I'm also not someone who really heavily jumps into transfers. Anyways, uh, a few episodes back, I did mention how I just hate transfers. And or the transfer news and rumors because it's all it's months and months of rumors and nothing, nothing happens <laughs> until it happens. So like I don't want to harp on transfers too much, but I think just that that comment from Zork and other stuff that's been happening and coming out. It's like very interesting time timing to li- just drop that subtle quote unquote subtle comment. Like dude, come on. Yeah. Well, but last thing I will say uh, going into that Zacharia transfer is. If I can give some other fans hope, you know, why would any player like Zacharia, who has, who's coming into the peak of his uh, prime, why would he want to go to a team like United at the moment? And now some people may be thinking it's literally Manchester United. And that's a whole other podcast in itself, but they are, they are in a whole different realm, it seems like, of uh, of football at the moment. And they look like they're kind of just going in a different direction almost. I, I don't think it's near as an attractive offer than us. You know, he doesn't have to leave Germany. He's going to stay. He would stay in the Bundesliga. He wouldn't have these incredibly high expectations to fix what is the absolute massive problem in the DM uh, spot for Manchester United. You know, they, they've been needing a DM for I don't know how long. They've had the Fred and McTominay partnership for years. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think he would really want to go to United, but we'll just have to wait and see for these next few months. Yeah, just depends on, I think, his his goals and like what he had in mind. Like if, if Premier League is something he wants to do, then that, that's the only... It just seems tempting even, I think... Um, I mean, depending on where his head's at. It just... I think it can still seem like a pretty tempting offer. Um, yeah. But... Money, uh, money we, is always a factor, too. You know, yeah. as one thing United can throw at him is pretty much all the money he wants. Yeah, we will move on. I do. I think we're going to have enough enough time to play. I want to play a little trivia game. Dortmund puts out trivia on their Instagram. I know Carver's not on socials, so he hasn't seen these trivia questions yet. So we're going to run through some trivia. But first, quick women's update. Um, the women's team, who uh, it's their first season underway. Uh, they're, they won every game so far. Um and they're in their they winter break. They haven't conceded currently. until the other day either, right? <laughs> they haven't conceded. I think in another friendly they conceded a goal, but our goal differential in the like regular season is like 87 goals. 
which is 87 goals for and none against. Um, but we just played a team in, we just had a, they just had a, a mid-season friendly or winter break friendly, however they want to call it, um, against a higher division team. I don't, couldn't really find how much higher division this team is. Uh, it's SV Leith, probably pronouncing that terribly wrong. Lita, maybe. But we won two to one. So beating a higher division team, two to one, getting a win, looking great. And since we are on an international break and we don't have a men's game this weekend, the women are playing another friendly um, on Saturday the 30th. The 30th? I don't know what day it is. It's the 30th. And there is a live stream. Um, if you want to, I believe there's a live stream there. We, so we have a link, uh, shout out to Adam who, uh, got us connected and hooked up with all the info on the women's team, which is something I really wanted just to be more aware of and, uh, give some updates when we can. So if you want to check him out and watch him, he's got a great website that has all the stats. He does game summaries, recaps, highlights, and has links to the games when they're being live streamed. So I'm going to link all that in our description So find that below again, shout out to Adam. Um, and yeah, the women have a few games. Uh, even though they're in their uh, winter break, they're still playing over the next few weeks. So you can check that out. And Carver, are you ready for some trivia? Yes. Also, trivia Tuesday. just want to clarify that the 30th is a Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Saturday seemed wrong. That's why I was no, so you're hesitant. Good. I just wanted to clear that up too. So uh, this episode is going to be out on Wednesday, but we're recording it on Tuesday, which is Trivia Tuesday over on the at Black Yellow Instagram accounts. So we're going to go through some trivia questions. I think there's five. I don't know. I haven't looked at these, but I'm just going to read them off to you. You get multiple choice answers and see how well Carver does. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Which current player holds the most international caps? Witzel, Royce, Hummels, or Hazard? Hummels. No, it's Witzel. It's Witzel. I was going to say it's probably Witzel, actually, now that I think it's about a, it. Damn almost it. a trick question because everyone is very mad at Witzel at the moment. All right. Uh, which current BVB player has the most international goals? I get it. It's international theme because we're on an international break. Hazard, Brant, Royce, Mullen, who has the most international goals? Royce. Yeah. All right. Right. I wish I need like sound effects or something. Ooh, I do have my air horn. <laughs> but I don't have like a buzzer for when you get it wrong. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Which current BVB player won the 2016 Euros? Coble, Brant, Munier, or Guerrero? Guerrero. Yeah, Portugal. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Bow, 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 bow. Okay. Which BVB player scored? Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which how'd you find that so quick? <laughs> it's my favorite button. Oh, okay. It's like you have a button. I was like, where the, how'd you Google search that so quick? <laughs> Which BVB player scored in an international cup final in 2021? Holland, Royce, Reyna, Bellingham. Um, uh, Bellingham? No, it was Reyna. Really? It had to have been a uh, gold cup maybe or nations league. It's probably one of those. Um, in a cup final in 2021. Reyna, our American dream. I don't know why I'm blanking on him scoring for the U S last year, which I know we won. I know we won a lot and there was a lot of great milestones that the U S did uh, pass in last year, but I don't know why I'm blanking on Reyna scoring weird. Good for I, him. I don't though. know what competition it would have been, but one of those. We had a lot. Um, who is the youngest ever player to appear in the Euros? Hazard, Hummels, Bellingham, it's Bellingham. Holland. 
All right. Uh, you missed. That was easy. Uh, all right. I'm done. All right. That was it. You got a uh, three out of five. Nice. Solid. Nice. All right. I think that's it for, uh, for this. Uh, we will be watching the USMNC. We got a few games over the weekend. Um, uh, I think Thursday, they play Thursday, Sunday, and Tuesday. Um, is when USMNT plays. Reyna is out, unfortunately. Which I mean, good. I'm glad he just needs to get healthy and get yeah. back to form. So it's like the happiest I've ever been, like seeing Reyna left out of a. <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, like is he like he? There's a chance he's going to be ready, but I didn't think Dortmund would let him go. So thank no, you, no, it did not. But uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we're going to be watching those games. We might be back with a little USMNT update potentially. If you uh, would like us to hear us talk to USMNT, please let us know. You can email us at thebvbpod at gmail.com or reach out on Twitter at thebvbpod. Maybe if a lot of people want to hear us talk more, which after <laughs> me talking terribly for the last hour, I don't know if that's going to be the case. So I think I'm somehow giving you COVID over virtual. It's <laughs> ruining my life. Uh, and then hopefully you're feeling better by the time we, we come back too. Maybe we'll, we'll do it in the studio. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. So all cool. things considered. Um, all, right. <laughs> all right. That's it for us. Uh, again, you can find us on all your favorite podcast places, iHeart, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Just search the BVB podcast. Get us on Twitter at the BVB pod. I just keep messing up trying to say everything. So my name's Jake and I'm getting out of here. Carver, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me and looking forward to talking to you all later. See ya. Bye.